Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode 21, 22? Wait, no, 19. <laughs> episode 19 of This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel Digital Media Group, joined by... I am Marvel.com Associate Editor Ben Morse, and what Ryan is referring to is this is the episode so nice, we recorded it thrice. We recorded 30 minutes of the episode this afternoon, and the batteries in our recorder died, and then we recorded a full hour and a half, a little bit after that, and something, I guess I pressed the wrong button, and the microphone input was not set to the microphone, it was set to some sort of connection that... There's no connection, so... So, long story short, we are going into hour number three of the greatest This Week in Marvel, or at least the longest This Week in Marvel to date. It's like when WCW Monday Night Show used to be three hours long. Was it really? Yeah, by the time they get to the third hour, you're just like, come on, man. Who did they even put on there? It's all luchadors. I would have watched that every second of the day. That was the problem. It'd be like, it'd be like first hour, Luchador. Second hour, all right, some interviews. Third hour, uh, what do we do now? Just throw some stuff out there. <laughs> Goldberg, <That's>... Goldberg, <laughs> Goldberg. But that's not going to happen here. No. Sorry, uh, we're getting off track. But we want to be honest, you know, straight up. So if there's any lack of energy, I don't think there will be. We're very energetic fellows, but it's the end of the day, and we've already done this twice. So, you know. We'll, we'll do our best. Yes. I think our best will be more than satisfactory. If this is your first time listening to This Week in Marvel, what it is is the official Marvel podcast of all the news, all the information, all the new releases, all the good stuff that is coming out for Marvel right now. And we're going to start it off with Comics on Sale. Ben, go. Comics on Sale. Now, up first, we've got Age of Apocalypse number one. And this is a very cool deal for me, for you, I think for a lot of people of our, of our generation, if you will, if we have a generation. Because Age of Apocalypse was one of the biggest storylines of the 90s when Ryan and I were growing up reading comics. Uh, it was basically a few months where they explored an alternate reality where Professor X had died, the X-Men did not exist as we knew them, Apocalypse ruled the Earth, and it was kind of a wasteland. Eventually we went back to normal continuity, um, but it was always very fondly remembered. We've taken a few trips back in the nearly 15 years since, but it was really earlier this year or last year that in Uncanny X-Force, uh, Rick Remender took the team hardcore back to the Age of Apocalypse, where Apocalypse is now long perished. Uh, Weapon X, their version of Wolverine, has taken his place, been corrupted by Bowery. He's now Weapon Omega. Um, and most of the X-Men died off trying to take down their former buddy. Uh, so it's dwindled down to it's now humans fighting the war to basically preserve their species while Weapon Omega tries to remake the world in his image. Now this is all led up to the Age of Apocalypse ongoing series which started this week, written by David Lapham, uh, drawn by Roberto Vellatore, and it's it's a very cool thing because the story from way back in the day was kind of, you know, it was, it was big, explosive, crazy, all your favorite characters reimagined. And this, what David Lapham gives us, is really kind of a the grown-up version of that, the 2012 version, and for those of us who are reading it, you know, we're, we're a little older than we were when we were as kids, it's cool. He introduces or explores farther the Exterminated, which is a group of humans, all of whom are villains in our Marvel Universe that we know, guys like William Stryker, guys like the, uh, the Trasks, and they have their own resistance team. They are joined by Jean Grey and Sabretooth, who no longer have their powers, and they are going against... Weapon Omega and his forces. I really like this first issue. 
I love the art by Roberto Della Torre with colors by Lee Laridge. It very much has a different feel from the Marvel Universe, um, but also from the Age of Apocalypse that I remember. And yet it's very familiar. We see some old faces. We see some familiar faces who we hadn't seen before. But really, this is, this is a book not just about a character or a team. It's about a whole world and what's going on. So the stakes are huge. I was really pleased with the first issue. I'm really excited to see where this series goes. And there's a last page reveal that gets me even more excited. So long time coming. Very cool stuff. Love it. Also this week, The Amazing Spider-Man number 681. Final part of the Human Torch and Spider-Man team-up arc by Dan Slott, Chris Yost, and Giuseppe Camancoli. It's great. You've got a lot of banter, a lot of antics. Spidey and Human Torch are in space trying to save John Jameson, famous super awesome astronaut. Yep. And, and Man-Wolf. And, well, but he does a Man-Wolf out in this. No, but I'm saying he's a famed super awesome Man-Wolf. He really is. He's, he's, he's one of the best Quite, when it comes to Man-Wolf. Definitely one of the best. Yeah. I don't know if he's the best. We'll it's see. A, it's a it's a it's a dog fight. Yeah. Oh God. Keep going. Keep going. Push anyway, through. I got totally derailed by that one. But this issue is great. It sets up a lot of cool stuff, especially because we're going directly into Ends of the Earth, the yes. the crazy large storyline that involves Doc Ock and the Sinister Six yep. that Dan Slott has been seeding for for right. months. And that's why Chris Hios was helping him out with these issues because he's so busy getting Ends of the Earth ready. Yeah. I was actually talking to Dan earlier this week because I was working with him on some stuff on our site, and he is still feverishly getting all the end pieces in for Ends of the Earth. So it's going to be a very, very big story. Yeah. Definitely pick this up, but more importantly, get ready for Ends of the Earth. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Also this week, Avengers The Children's Crusade number nine. It exists. Final issue. I'm holding it. I've been holding it's it real. for a week. It's uh, Alan Heinberg, Jim Chung. They did it. It's done. It's fantastic. It's not a big action-packed issue like so all. much of the series was. This is the capper to not only the nine-part series, but to the Young Avengers arc that was created when Alan and Jim started with yeah, the characters eight, years ago. Eight years ago, almost. It's been no. that long. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I think they, they started Young Avengers in 2004, 2005, so they've been around a while. Holy cannoli. Yeah. That's a long time. This book is it's gorgeous, obviously. It's very pretty. But you've got a lot of pivotal moments for the characters herein. Iron Lad, super jerk. Oh man. Man, oof. There's no there's no there's no going back after what Iron Lad does in this issue. I've always liked Iron Lad. I think he's a cool character, but he does some stuff in this issue that pretty much ensures if and when we see him again, it's going to be a very, very different situation. Yeah. You got this. You've got big moments for Patriot. You've got some really sad moments throughout, oh, uh, yeah. especially in the beginning. It's heart wrenching. Yeah, it really is. And you've got important moments for Hawkeye, and then the Hulkling and Wiccan relationship has a great moment. There, it's this book is yeah. really about moments yeah. and how those fit into the characters' lives. It's really great storytelling. And there's definitely something in this book and in the next book that we're going to talk about that will hopefully make people's heads explode. <laughs> yeah, but that that definitely sets up a lot of big stuff for AVX. But like you said, as much as this was this big, beautiful action series, it really was a heartfelt, you know, Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung, the story they wanted to tell, the larger story they've been telling over the years about heroes, and more importantly about fans, people who believe that's what the Young Avengers are at the end of the day. They're fans of the Avengers, and you get kind of their place in Avengers history. So 
it's really the best of both worlds. You get a big, cool action setup for Avengers vs. X-Men, great standalone story, and also just a nice cap to the Young Avengers story so far. Not to say they're done forever, but, you know, this really is a turning point for them. Yeah. The other thing we should note that everyone who's asked, how does the Children's Crusade fit into the larger Marvel Universe tapestry? Where does it fit into the chronology? Your questions will be answered in this issue. That's all we'll say. Uh, meanwhile, over in Avengers Academy, this is the week of long-awaited because we had Age of Apocalypse, we had the end of the Children's Crusade, and now we have the Runaways making their appearance in Avengers Academy. We announced back in the fall. This is coming off their their sort of cameo run in Doc and Dark Wolverine, which is great by Rob Williams. But this is really the return of the Runaways in full. Uh, they really invade the Avengers Academy title written by Christos Gage, who does an awesome job here. The Runaways have such a distinctive voice that so few characters have been able to capture, and Christos nails it perfectly. It's drawn by Carl Moline, who drew the uh, Loner's book, featuring the Runaways guest stars a while back. So it, it, it looks good, it reads good, and it's all the fun you would hope for. The Runaways come to the Avengers Academy very reluctantly. They have a favor that they think only these guys can help them with, but they do not want to be there. Uh, they do not trust authority figures, and specifically they do not trust Avengers, who in the past have tried to lock them up. Uh, so they, of course, get into a conflict with the students, with the teachers, but then the the neat part is really when they settle down and start making connections and start sparring verbally. Molly gets some great moments. She wants a sentinel, which I thought was one of the cutest <laughs> yeah, moments really in the issue. Um, Victor Mancha, the son of Ultron, has a neat, weird bonding experience with Hank Pym, who's technically his grandfather and you know from there there's just moment after moment after moment just out like like, like the last book uh, there's also just just aside from the runaways even though they're they're big in here the avengers academy kids as well striker has a huge deal in here he just came out as being gay a couple issues ago and the way he deals with it here we kind of learn that just because this aspect of the character has changed you learn here and seeing how he deals with it it's a nice it's a nice twist on how a character would deal with something like this and it ensures you it's still the striker you fell in love with over the first 25 26 issues so well drawn well written great characters part one of two pick this up and then get ready for part part two also this week defenders number four by matt fraction with just incredible pencils by michael lark Great inks by Stefano Guadiano with Brian Theus, and really great colors by Matt Hollingsworth. This is, without a doubt, my favorite issue of this series so far, which, you know, it's only four issues in, so it's hard to really get all crazy about it, but it's really a terrific issue. The art has that realistic-slash-gritty feel that if you're into Butch Geis's Winter Soldier right now or yeah. David Aha's Immortal Iron Fist... You're really going to latch on to this issue. It's a standalone issue. It's a character-focused issue for Doctor Strange. Uh, you do have Iron Fist and Red She-Hulk in it for a little bit, and Namor in it as well. But this is very much a Doctor Strange story. It's a story about relationships. It's a story about humanity, yeah. about Doctor Strange's humanity, which I think is really important for a dude who can spend so much time on the astral plane or yeah. fighting the mindless ones or right. whatever. It's it's just it's one of my favorite books fractions done in a really long time, yeah. and um, I I can't say enough great things. It's one of those I want to tear it up and <laughs> set it on fire books. It did for me what comics should do. They they make me 
appreciate the book. They make me think about it. They make me want to reread it immediately, and it was great. Well, it's cool because they really take Fraction takes here the the larger, big big storyline he's been doing in Defenders, which is you know universe threatening, and takes an aspect of that and keeps the plot moving, but really applies it to Doctor Strange and allows those plot devices to tell just kind of a one-off adventure of Doctor Strange which ties into the larger whole, but also really gives you a glimpse into this character. And I, I love Doctor Strange. Yeah. He's kind of my one of my underrated characters, and he's he's tough to get a handle on because he's so powerful. Um, he's one of those characters who it's, it's easy to just write him as the plot device who comes in and solves everything. And the most interesting stuff about Doctor Strange is his humanity that you were alluding to and how flawed he is. Yeah. Um, I think there was a period where Doctor Strange just kind of became like kind of the grand old man of the <laughs> Marvel Universe, and people forgot that this is a guy whose origin is rooted in his arrogance, uh, in his mistakes, and all that stuff. Fractions kind of brought it back around, showing that Doctor Strange is a very, very fallible guy, um, and it makes him such a cool character. And like you said, the Michael Lark art is, is beautiful, and it's such a cool contrast because it is very street level and real about a story about magic so it's like oh my god this could be taking place next door phenomenal issue defenders is like no other series we have and this is such a cool one shot issue to try it out and i like that the next few issues are all going to be these character centric one shots with different guest artists and if they're as good as this one it's going to be quite a run but this is a great place to uh, try out defenders yeah definitely if you if you've been waiting to jump into the series wait no longer Speaking of favorite issues of a series, Fear Itself, The Fearless, number 10, is out this week. Book is turning the corner. Rounding that corner. Rounding the corner, getting to that end. Yeah. Colin Bunn, Matt Fraction, Chris Yost, Paul Pelletier, Mark Bagley and company, really nailing it. They're bringing all the characters together. Big, heavy, crazy fights. There's a bunch of, there's a couple deaths in here. The DOA are involved. The Avengers are involved. You've got Sin laying down some... Bad Mojo. You've got Valkyrie. There's a great shot of Valkyrie with Captain America's shield oh, yeah. and her sword. Yeah. And she's all badass, like Dumbledore style, getting ready to throw down. There it is, everyone. Your Dumbledore <laughs> reference of the week on This Week in Marvel. There's that great uh, spread, too. There's a two-page spread with all the Avengers. With show all up. the Avengers, yeah. So pretty. And uh, that's, that's Bagley right there. Really well-drawn, well-written issue. And, that, you know, what? it's it's kind of funny. I didn't really think about it before, but this is a Bagley spread, mm-hmm. which Bagley is drawing Avengers Assemble. Yeah. This is a very, uh, you know, you have in the, the spread Cap yelling Avengers Assemble. Yep. It's just kind of a cool little nod, and it, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Really yeah. love it. It ends on a big, heavy, scary note, yeah. and we won't spoil it, but if you're curious to learn more right. about what's on the final page of Fear Itself the Fearless, Tweet us. Let us know that you, you want to learn more. We'll send you a link, and you can get in touch with us using Twitter with yeah. at agent underscore M and at Ben J. Morse, just using the hashtag, hashtag this week in Marvel. Yeah, basically, we did an article on something that happens on the last page of this issue way far in advance when people didn't really know what it was, and now would be a great time to revisit that article. All right. We're going to get a little wacky here for a sec. We're going to go out of alphabetical order to discuss a couple of my favorite, not a couple, a, a pantheon of my favorite obscure Marvel characters. Not that obscure. They had a series a couple years ago. Neil Gaiman wrote them. They're yeah, not I know. They're not obscure, but, <laughs> I, but I like them. They're always on the radar. I'm talking about the Eternals, who are back in two books this week in a big way. Bang, bang. First off, 
then Thor the Deviant Saga, number five, final issue of this limited series by Rob Rohde and Steven Segovia. Thor has been teaming up with a couple of the Eternals to take on the Deviants, who have an Asgardian artifact. They're trying to basically destroy all of reality. Uh, Thor battles there, but in the process, we also learn where the Eternals have been since their last series. The Eternals are just this cool, massively powerful race of beings who were created by the Celestials and inspired a lot of the myths uh, of humanity. They're basically gods walking the earth. And in Thor the Deviant Saga, we kind of get the setup for Hulk number 49 by Jeff Parker and Elena Casagrande, where the Eternals are back and they have decided it's time to get ready for the next coming of the Celestials, because that's what they do always. Um, that's, that's the Eternals' gig. The, no matter how many times the Celestials show up, they're always going to be waiting for the next time to get humanity ready. And uh, I love it. I love that they have a purpose. It's cool. Um, Icarus and Cersei observe the Red Hulk in this issue, which is not great because they are basically determining whether or not humanity is in good shape and whether they need the Eternals, whether the Eternals should take an active hand, and Red Hulk is not necessarily the, the sterling example of humanity we want to put forward. Uh, but he gets into it with Icarus, him and Machine Man, uh, Red Hulk's sidekick at this point, fighting some monsters, Icarus and Cersei help him out. Some cool interaction, a lot of fun in this book, but by the end of the book there's some major setup for things to come with the Eternals and also things to come with the Hulk title. So that was kind of our little Eternals corner. I love the Eternals. I'm excited they're back. Back to you, Ryan. You know, we, we always talk about Damon Hellstrom being in you know a bunch of books every yep. week. Namor... In a bunch of books. Hawkeye, back in, Hawkeye. Back in the day. Uh, there's one villain ago. that we're going to talk about in a couple books this week. And in this book, you have Machine Man. He also appears in another book this oh, that's week. That's true. And the Eternals are in two books this week. Man, you get more bang yeah. for your book, more crazy character Remember appearances. That Remember that run we had where like the Serpent Society was in three books a week for like three weeks yeah. in a row? Someone was going crazy yeah. about snakes. Yeah. All right. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number eight is out this week by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. Mm. So Ms. Marvel Girl, take heed. She's on this issue. She ain't going nowhere. She'll be back and doing this, that, and the other thing. She's got a lot of projects. Don't yeah. worry. Sarah Pacelli is back and drawing phenomenally. This issue is gorgeous, as always. In this issue, you've got Miles Morales dealing with a bunch of different things. One, he's got his uncle, the creepy jerk, the prowler who has figured out that he is the new Spider-Man. Bad mojo right there. But the Scorpion, crazy, evil, yeah. super tattooed, like really violent Scorpion, is after the Prowler. Yeah. That's going to be bad news. And then you've got Miles. In, in these couple of issues, he's been working his way up the ladder, sort of like a video game. He's slowly leveling up, right. getting experience, beating the, the lower level the, uh, bosses he beat up kangaroo in one issue in this issue he fights the ringer he did have he did have that one win over electro which is kind of out of order oh yeah kinda throws your theory off but well but you know works. in a lot of video games you you get this big epic thing and then mm -hmm. you backtrack and you a backtrack bit. yeah gotta earn those those points again totally so in this you also get a really special appearance by aunt may and gwen stacy right. and that feeds into something that's going to be coming up and it's big things coming for ultimate comic spider-man Love this book. You know, it's a no-brainer. You should yeah. be reading this. I love the new Scorpion. He's just tough as hell. He's very much like, I think you like him because you see yourself in him. Yeah, he reminds me of me with his hooks and his tattoos. Yeah. Uh, 
tats, if you will. Stop it. Yeah, I, I burned that joke out on an earlier recording, which you'll now never have to hear. Ha-ha! Over to Uncanny X-Men number eight, wrapping up the Tabula Rasa arc by Kieran Gillen, our buddy, cub reporter for Marvel.com. Just released some of his work today. He's going to be somebody He's going to be somebody. He's working his way up through the ranks. Drawn by Greg Land, really pretty. This wraps up the storyline where basically the X-Men are cleaning up X-Force's mess without realizing it. Um, Tabula Rasa, which was this crazy, accelerated biosphere created in the pages of X-Force. The X-Men have to go in and save the people in it. They've pretty much done that, and they're doing cleanup in this issue. Uh, we have another appearance by the Savage, this great new character who Kieran created, who's this hyper-evolved guy who's just kind of a snobby jerk because he thinks humans and mutants don't understand things that he understands. He's a lot of fun. Some big stuff for Magic and Colossus in this issue. Uh, basically, Magic is kidnapped by a bunch of monsters, and Colossus, in order to save her, goes further into the juggernaut persona than he ever has. I believe I use the term juggernauting. He, he juggernauted more than I've ever seen anyone juggernaut. Um, it's true. It's true. It's crazy, man. You see tentacles. You see claws. You don't see Yeah, They actually don't show everything, which is very effective, but some crazy stuff's going on with Colossus. Magic seems to know more than she's letting on. That's something to watch. But the big highlight of this issue for me, the awesome new buddy team may be replacing in my heart and mind uh, the Lady Bullseye, Typhoid Mary buddy team of Namor and Hope Summers. Fantastic. Namor, Kieran writes the best Namor. Just this kind of cocky, horny, self-assured, swaggering through life, and wisecracking dude who just, just takes care of business in every possible manner. They, they, are, they are tasked with making peace with this undersea race of gross, crustacean, tentacly, calamari-looking dudes and their queen. They know what they're going to do. Hope is all clueless. Namor bashes in with the awesome line, Imperious Pax, Pax for peace, as opposed to Rex, which I guess is Atlantean for fight or war or something. And then... It's Latin. Oh, it's Latin? Yeah. It's Atlantean and Latin are very similar. They're both <laughs> romance languages. It's fake Latin. It's Latin, but it's not Latin. Did you look this up? Yeah, I, because it, it, it's uh, sort of like Agent wacky is, uh, Latin his, translation. His, it's his, not, I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think there's a one-to-one, -one, but yes. It's, yes, you're using your digital cheat sheet to uh, well, yeah. figure things out. All right, listen, back, back, back to the comics at hand while you study dead languages. Namor basically says, I'm going to take care of this. Hope gets held at knife point. Namor goes off with the queen of these creatures, comes back. Queen's looking happy, relaxed. You know, she's had a nice time. Hope's like, what did you do? And Namor's just like, a, gen a gentleman does not tell. <laughs> and then full on makes out with this, this gross prostration looking thing. Tells Hope that she's being parochial and prejudiced because there is beauty in all things, and Namor just totally did what he had to do to get this peace burger. And then later on, there's another great scene between Hope and Namor. She's a great foil for Namor. She's this teenage girl who kind of has a crush on him, but also gives him a hard time every two minutes, and he is just unbeatable. Love the Kieran Gillen Namor. Uncanny X-Men's going really well as we barrel into AVX. Next issue, full-on AVX prologue. Very excited to see that. Venom number 14. Hot off the heels of Venom number 13 through 13.4. This is the sixth and concluding part of Venom Circle of Four. This fun event we've been enjoying for the last month plus, which has brought 
Venom, Red Hulk, X-23, and the new Ghost Rider together to combat Blackheart in the heart of Las Vegas. They came back from hell. They made a deal with Mephisto. In this issue, they waged their last stand against the villain. Uh, Red Hulk has been juiced up with the Venom symbiote and the Spirit of Vengeance. So you've got the awesome visual of Tony Moore drawing Ghost Rider Venom Hulk, basically. Uh, no claws, so no X-23 aspect, but she's doing her own thing. Flash Thompson's doing his own thing. There's a huge battle between Blackheart and this crazied-out Red Hulk. Damon Hellstrom's there, of course, because he's everywhere. Doctor Strange is there. Johnny Blaze is basically, he's, for the past five issues, has been driving his motorcycle around in a circle trying to prevent hell from coming up into Vegas, which I haven't really mentioned a lot. Some's, but it's someone's got to do it. It's been awesome. And this and this issue, he finally gets to reverse direction, which I was so happy for like, him. Come on. <laughs> I was so happy for him. Hang on. But this was such a fun thing. Um, Rick Remender wrote it. Jeff Parker and Rob Williams helped out. This whole event's been great. It's really elevated these characters, given them a chance to shine. And by the end of the issue, some major ramifications have gone down for Venom in particular. He's headed into the Secret Avengers now. And as we see through the eyes of Damon Hellstrom, the deal these guys made with Mephisto to come back to life may come back to haunt him. Blackheart also has a great, funny fate for what happens to him. But Circle of Four, you can read it all on the Marvel Comics app. And the trade will be coming out soon enough. Yep. Villains for Hire, number four, at this week by Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, and Renato Arlem. It's the finale to the big Heroes for Hire, Villains for Hire story that Abnett and Lanning have been putting together. Misty Knight and what she's been going through, her plans, who she's been manipulating, who she was sort of pushed into being manipulated by, all kinds of things going on. But it's a really satisfying end to all this stuff. I was very happy with it. Misty, she really gets hers in so many ways. She gets to, to <laughs> kick some butt, and she gets to really settle the scores and ends on a really positive note, which I was really happy about. I, yeah. she, was, she was through some crazy stuff in the yeah. past couple of years, so it, the last page of this was made me really happy. So I'm looking forward to seeing where she's going, which will be in the pages of Defenders. Yes, when Iron Fist has his solo issue, Misty Knight will be there. It'll be interesting to see where it picks up from here. Yep. This week we also have Winter Soldier number three by Ed Brubaker and Butch Geis. Great inks by Stefano Guadiano and Brian Theus, along with amazing colors by Betty Brightweiser and Jordi Belair. It's another great issue of Winter Soldier. We've been talking about this now for a couple, like two months. Yeah. And I just, it's so good. Yeah, it's a really it's fun gorgeous. series. It's got, you know, we mentioned it before in talking about Defenders, but this very realistic, very gritty, but still gets that whole completely crazy Marvel Universe feel across through the art. And Brubaker is just, he's singing on this. I mean, yeah. he's doing great. He's, he's having got, fun. He's having fun. He's got his Doctor Doom. He's yeah, got Red Ghost and and the Super Apes. He's got crazy stuff throughout. It's it's really terrific. He writes Doombots. And the Doombot stuff, mm. uh, it's strange because this book has you know heavy implications, a lot of scary stuff. But it also has a bunch of really funny parts throughout yeah. the issue. And I was really happy with that. It's it's yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like now that Bucky is not burdened with being Captain America, we get to see more of kind of the kid, the kid sidekick, uh, all grown up, really kind of freewheeling. He's got a lot of guilt. He's got a lot of crap to deal with. But the way he deals with that is fighting and wisecracking, and it just makes him even more endearing as a character. And Brubaker writes a great Doctor Doom. 
as as we know. Yeah. Did we mention Doctor Doom? Because yeah. Doctor Doom's in this play. He's on the cover. So good. That's you can you can find him right there on the cover. Yes, in your local comic book shop or digitally. Wolverine number three hundred two, the wait for it penultimate installment of Jason Aaron's historic run on Wolverine. Uh, if you don't get the penultimate joke because you're a first-time listener, ask our more seasoned Twimmaniacs. If you don't know what a Twimmaniac is, I can't help you. Anyways, we've got two stories running parallel in this book, written by Jason Aaron, as I said, and we have two artists to tell it. Stephen Sanders does a bit where the new Silver Samurai and Wolverine's daughter, Amiko, are dealing with the hand. But meanwhile, a lot of the action's going on in the Caves of the Mind Ninja, where these telepathic ninjas are harassing Wolverine. This part's drawn by Billy Tan. They figuratively and almost literally put him through hell. They make him think he's back in the hell he was in not too long ago when this particular volume kicked off. The only way he has to cope with it is basically turn off his humanity and go full-on berserker. Uh, It leads to some violent and crazy results. Sabretooth's in there. Mystique gets some awesome moments in here. If you're a Mystique fan, you're going to love this issue. And it's all getting very big as we gear up for Jason Aaron's big finale on Wolverine. In Wolverine and the X-Men Alpha and Omega number three, we have Quentin Quire putting Wolverine and armor through his crazy psycho video game world and he finally steps into it in this issue it's another great issue by brian wood mark brooks roland boshi and crew i really like particularly i mean i love everything that's drawn in this issue especially all mark brooks's stuff but roland boshi has a very unique style the way he draws brew and the way he draws Rachel Gray is really terrific. He's got these wonderful facial expressions on her in a couple pages. It's really, it's a gorgeous book, and it puts Wolverine in a scary, scary place because the Berserker has been unleashed, and they're going to have to deal with it at the Jean Grey School. Berserker's everywhere this week. Yeah. Here it comes. Here it is. Here it is. Here we go. you've all been waiting for. You ready for this? Yep. X Club, number four, penultimate magnificence it is everything i need in my life this i if i could have a polyamorous relationship with my wife and this comic book i would it is it is beautiful it is magnificent size spurrier and paul davidson out of control i can't i can't handle it i've talked about this book so many times on this podcast so many times being three previous times on this podcast but intensely intensely because it's so good if you're not reading x club we cannot be friends if you're not reading x club you're doing something wrong with your comic book reading life yeah i just i can't even get the words out anymore you Um, can't there's nothing to add to that you can't summarize this you just threw it across the room uh nearly destroyed all our electrical equipment uh, please read X Club. For it's so the good. Safety of the show. Seriously, it really is. Why aren't you reading? Book. Put down the podcast uh, and read it right it's, now. It's 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 a great book. You should run out and get it right away. Let's give Ryan a moment to cool off. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit our last book of the week, which is Objectiveless X Men number twenty six, aka X Men number twenty six <laughs> without the aka. This book kind of caught me by surprise. I like this book consistently. I think Victor Gishler does a good job coming up with very fun plots for the X-Men, very different stuff for them to do outside of their usual uh, missions. And this latest arc, he's had them revisiting some of the themes from when we started the book, uh, facing off against the Forgiven, who are these reformed vampires who have kidnapped Jubilee in order to try to help her, but the X-Men don't see it that way. In this issue, the two teams are forced to team up as they're on an island, and a group of assassins have come after the Forgiven. 
Don't know quite why, but it's cool because it's a who's who of mercenary jerks in the Marvel Universe. You've got Bruiser, who was just introduced in Daredevil. He has a great sound off with uh, Warpath. You've got Lady Bullseye, who has a nice showing. Scorpion, who was redesigned recently. Black Axe, who I don't really know, but I think he was a Marvel UK character, possibly. Sounds like that. Deadpool has an awesome guest appearance. Victor Gishler writes a great Deadpool. He wrote him for years uh, in Deadpool Mark with a Mouth and Deadpool Core. And then, I forgot to mention Wolverine, we have Lord Deathstrike, who's only made one appearance. Came, killed Mystique, hasn't been seen from again, but made such an impression that he's in two books this week, and just, I was so excited to see him. This guy's so cool. He's a kabuki mask guy, never talks, seemed to have a solution for everybody. Awesome fight issue. Little moments between the X-Men and the Forgiven. Probably my favorite appearance by the Forgiven thus far. We get to learn a lot about them. And the art by Jorge Molina is just off the it's hook. disgusting. It why? Is. Why are we even talking about it? You All can't right. even experience. No, you can talk about it, but it's so it's so All right. good. All right, you're a little X clubbed out still, clearly, but it's so slick. It's so smooth. He knows when to exaggerate stuff. He knows when to rein it in. Jorge Molina is very much on the rise, and by the end of this issue, we've had a lot of cool fights and a lot of cool moments leading up to a showdown between Lord Deathstrike and Jubilee of all people, and I'm very anxious. To see what goes down next month in X-Men. Time to pick our Twim of the Week. Yes. If you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, yes, our Twim of the Week is just a silly name we came up with for our pick of the week. Our, right. our favorite book. It's not what's best. It's not a judgment on it. It's just what we enjoyed the yeah. most and what we think you guys would really enjoy as well. So Twim of the Week is not to be like... It's not the This Week in Marvel of the Week. It's just the Twim of the Week. Yeah, despite what some... Marvel.com assistant editors might have you think. Yeah. But uh, there was a lot of good books this week. I really liked Age of Apocalypse. Uh, Avengers of the Children's Crusade was beautiful. X-Club goes without saying. was tremendous. But, you know, I think Head and Shoulders Above for me, that Defenders issue, the Doctor Strange spotlight was really something else and just such a such a cool example of what, what you can do with a single issue of a comic book. Totally. Yeah. Let us know what your Twim of the Week is. Tweet us. Use the hashtag this week in Marvel. If you want to yeah. include us on the tweets, that's fine. But if you need more characters, don't worry about it. We're gonna see the this week in Marvel hashtag search anyway, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. So Defenders is our tomb of the week. What's yours? Here to help you decide are all the books that are day and date released on the Marvel Comics app. So we almost almost all the books that came out this week are available. But just to run them down, the ones you can get on the Marvel Comics app right now are Age of Apocalypse number one. Amazing Spider-Man number 681, Avengers Academy number 27, Defenders number 4, Fear Itself Fearless number 10, Hulk number 49, Thor the Deviant Saga number 5, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 8, Uncanny X-Men number 8, Venom number 14, Villains for Hire number 4, Winter Soldier number 3, Wolverine the X-Men Alpha and Omega number 3, Wolverine number 302, X-Club number 4, and X-Men number 26. So a whole lot of selection on the Marvel Comics app. We're really inching closer to where just about all our product is on the Marvel Comics app, so you can get right at it digitally. By April, except for a few, pretty much all our, our books will be right. day and date, print and digital. So hopefully that'll uh, let you buy what you want, when you want, how you want. And you can let us know what you think about it. We're very anxious to hear. Yep. Of course, also we had collections on sale this week, thanks to our, our friend Max Beckman for hooking us up with this list, as he always does. Got Astonishing Thor out in trade paperback, Avengers 1959, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes Ultimate Collection, which I'm quite excited about. I love that that limited series by Joe Casey. 
Avengers the Korvac Saga is a, that's a new printing of the classic 1970s. I know you were flipping through it last week. Yeah. Pretty excited. It's a so wild weird. Story. <laughs> and two hard covers to wrap us up. Uh, we have Fear Itself Avengers Academy and Fear Itself Invincible Iron Man. Let's see. On the Marvel app, we also have collections. We have Captain America Golden Age Masterworks Volume 1, Civil War X-Men, Ender's Shadow Battle School, Incredible Hulk Masterworks Volume 1, Spider-Man New Ways to Die, and Thor by Jurgens and Romita Jr. Volume 1. I'm really psyched for that uh, Spider-Man New Ways yeah. to Die. If you've not read that arc, that's, that's a great Excellent pickup. Arc. It's to round out the uh, stuff on the Marvel Comics app, some of the older or more recent comics we released this week. We had... Issues number 21 through 26 of Avengers Academy, the first four issues of Doc and Dark Wolverine, Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, Fury's Big Week number 5, issues number 16.1 through 22 of New Avengers, the current series, all five issues of Pride and Prejudice, all four issues of Ultimate Comics Armor Wars, and Ultimatum Spider-Man Requiem number 2. But that's not the only way you can get your digital comics fixed this it week. It is certainly not. No. If you are a subscriber to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, you too can enjoy the following comics. We have Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 38, the first four issues of Annihilators, Avengers number 17, that's from the current series, Avengers The Children's Crusade numbers 4, 5, and 6, Captain America, Hail Hydra number 3, New Mutants numbers 20 and 21, Uncanny X-Men 534 and 535, as well as X-Men Legacy, number 247. And just released today, we've got Captain Thor, Avengers, number one, Captain America, Hail Hydra, number four, and issues four, five, and six of Ultimate Comics, Avengers vs. New Ultimates. Coming tomorrow, Friday, March 9th, we'll have the final issue of Captain America, Hail Hydra, number five, Spectacular Spider-Man, number 1000, number 156, and number 157 of Thunderbolts, and X-Factor, number 212. So we're really catching up with a lot of books to get you guys as close to current as we can. All right, so now we're moving away from comics into the other realms of Marvel. Video games, movies, TV, toys. In stores this week, and we touched on it a little bit last week, are lots of great Hasbro action figures and cool play sets and stuff like that. So head to your local comic shop, ask them if they have the Marvel Legends, Marvel Universe figures, or head to your local Toys R Us or... Is KB Toys still around? I haven't seen one in a while, but I'm, I'm, no, you know what? There is one near where I live in uh, Massachusetts. Go to still, your local. Still kicking. Last time I saw it. Go to Newton, Massachusetts, KB Toys, <laughs> and you can you can get these or, or wherever you get your toys. But uh, you should check them out. Lots of cool stuff. Actually, today we got a box yes. of great Marvel Legends figures. Thank you to Joe and Justin at Hunter PR and, and Hasbro. What did we get? We got a. Bucky, Captain America. Yeah. We got... I got Drax on my desk right now. Give you Drax. Um, we've got Madame Mask. We've got a Phantom X. And we got the Build-A-Figure parts for Arnim Zola. Right. Really cool figures. Really great articulation. They really stepped it up for this round of Marvel Legends. I'm, I'm very psyched for that. Yes. There's going to be there's gonna be more coming. And really cool stuff. And uh, we I know we got some figures to Dan Slott, who's looking for... Spider-Man stuff that he created. So Big he was, time Spider-Man. Yeah, he was really psyched about that. Also this week, we have Avengers Alliance. Oh, man. Avengers Alliance is just killing it. We play... It's our, it's our new Facebook game, if you guys don't know what we're talking about. It's so cool. We play it all day, kind of in between work, part of our work. We're lucky enough to have that. Um, 
it's, it's part of our job to play Avengers Alliance, and I could not ask for a better job. But so much fun. I, I, I can't say enough. I can't say enough. It's so it's, good. It's been a blast. And, you know, there's lots of ways to get the most out of the game. I know a lot of fans who tweet to me and send me messages on my Tumblr blog. They say, oh, I need more fans. I, I need more friends and allies on Facebook. I need more points. I need more of this. I need more of that. There are ways to get more of that stuff without spending money and finding cool ways to do it. Uh, I know one thing you might want to do, I know a lot of fans are saying, I want. I need more people to play with. So if you are a This Week in Marvel listener and you want more allies for Avengers Alliance, let's start a hashtag. Maybe we'll use Twim Alliance. Yeah, I like that. Twim Alliance is simple. Post using that hashtag. See if there are other people who are looking for allies. You guys can, you know, become friends on Facebook, yeah. get bonuses and get cool stuff by doing that. It's a great way to, you know, make some new friends too. Yeah. I think it's time to kick it to Mr. Strong. Oh, I'm so excited. Welcome back this week in Marvel listeners for another week full of movies, TV, and games on sale. I am Mark Strom, Marvel.com assistant editor out here in Los Angeles, bringing you all the latest in TV, games, and movies. And this week is actually relatively quiet compared to last week. As far as TV this week, we have a new episode of Blade, the anime series, on G4. This, as I mentioned last week, is sort of moving into the endgame of the series. I believe we're on episode 9 this week. And... In this episode, if I recall correctly, we get to learn a little bit more about Blade and Deacon Frost and their rivalry, and we're getting a little bit closer to learning more about Deacon Frost and just what exactly he's up to. Next week, you'll be getting a lot more on Deacon Frost. But as far as this week goes, Blade is still in Vietnam. There's a little uh, twist ending, cliffhanger ending at the end of this episode that sets things up for next week. And next week, things get even more crazy. So that is a new episode of the Blade anime on G4. Uh, It premieres this Sunday at 4 a.m. So check it out. That pretty much covers TV this week, apart from, of course, we have episodes of Superhero Squad airing every day on the Hub television network at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Pacific, I believe. Apart from that, we have no new movies in theaters this week, of course. Uh, We're still building up to the Avengers, Marvel's The Avengers, which is just two short months away now, which is hard to believe considering how long we've been working on that and sort of building up to that. And as far as video games go, we of course have Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook, which if you aren't playing yet, I know I touched on this last week, but I've been playing it even more. My shield agent is up to level 10, almost level 11. 
as you are listening to this, as this is going out, I will undoubtedly be at level 11. Although this is nothing compared to Agent M's, like, level, I don't know, 20 billion or something. But uh, it's a great ton of fun. I'm really getting into it slash addicted, as I know uh, some other people are, particularly Agent M and uh, our social media coordinator, Jen O'Shea. We speak frequently over our addiction to Marvel Avengers Alliance. It's an incredible game. I know Ryan has been posting pro tips to his blog. You should check those out. So that pretty much covers everything this week in Marvel television uh, and games as far as what is on sale or on air. I'll send you back to Ryan and Ben, and I will be back with you momentarily to bring you more on movie, TV, and games news this week. Great job, Stromy. Just phenomenal work. This is why you're the best in the business. I, ah, man, that guy could read the phone book, and it would just be so entertaining. I actually would love to hear Mark read the phone book. Aaron A. Aronson! (laughs) It would be great. That's how they torture some prisoners. (laughs) It's fantastic. All right, uh, it's time for news this week. News so we, you can use. News you can use. Ooh, I like that, Ben. First up, we have South by Southwest, which starts super soon. Uh, I know Marvel has a panel. It's the Marvel House of Ideas panel on Sunday, March 11th. It's going to be a really cool one. We have two big things going on. I mean, there'll be a bunch of cool things in there. But one is the world premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man, our brand new animated series. People who are at the panel are the first people in the world to see that except for me and some others Hmm. who work at Marvel. Uh, But that's fine. It's really terrific. Love, love, love the show, and I think you guys will as well. Also, we're debuting and really giving the information about our Infinite Comics project and what that means, what it entails. Really seeing it should be pretty cool. So We were messing around with it this morning, and we can't say a lot about this week. We'll have plenty more to say about it next week, but needless to say, it's something... I think a lot of you guys, specifically who listen to this podcast, will be very interested in. Totally. Also this week, we put out a story about the Marvel gear that is available at PetSmart. It's from Fetch. You can outfit your dogs with t-shirts and bandanas, and it's disgustingly cute. I just want to bash my head into a wall. I love it so much. I don't have a dog, but if I did, I would put them in all these t-shirts. My cats would not be happy with me if I tried that. I this would the shirts fit a cat? Probably way. Maybe too big. Yeah, they're too big. Yeah. You could use them as like a blanket or something. They love my cats love stuff that they can yeah. lay on. But it's really cool. Check it out. Go to petsmart.com or marvel.com to see the gallery, but you can order it on petsmart.com or your local PetSmart. Really cool stuff. And they don't support puppy mills. That's why I like PetSmart.com as opposed to other big pet stores. <sighs> anyway. Also this week, at the actually at the tail end of last week, we premiered the Maria Hill Mini Mate. She's super cool. She's part of Wave 45 of Diamond Select Toys, Avengers line of Mini Mates. And we still have two more figures from that wave to premiere coming soon as we get closer to Marvel's The Avengers premiere on May 4th. Over in comics news, we had the good fortunes. You have a lot of great Q&As this week, speaking with some of our favorite pros. We got to talk to legendary artist John Romita Jr. about AVX. He's going to be the first artist on that book, and he called it the biggest thing he has ever worked on, which from Johnny is a huge deal. Yeah. See uh, see what he had to say about that. So to Jonathan Hickman, who's going to be 
wrapping up his fantastic foreign FF runs in October. He gave us a little preview of what to expect and also reflected back on his time. Rick Remender and Colin Bond are going to be co-writing Venom coming up in May. We spoke to them about their upcoming collaboration. And then we also got Marjorie Liu to open up both about the end of the X-23 series and the beginning of her tenure on Astonishing X-Men. Lots of ends of the Earth coverage. We're getting really excited for that. We kind of cracked open the files on the Sinister Six with the help of Dan Slott. Went in-depth on each of those guys and what makes them such a threat to Spider-Man and the world. Talked about some classic comics for them. We had first looks at Invincible Iron Man number 519, which is part of Long Way Down, in which Tony Stark declares Iron Man no more, and then we'll see what happens from there. And also Ultimate Comics Ultimates number 8, featuring beautiful, beautiful art by Asad Rivik and Dean White. Finally, Dandy Dean White. You, you got to give him his, the yes. name that I gave him. Dandy Dean White. Uh, awesome colors on that book. Finally, Psych Ward this week, our resident psych wardologist Tim Stevens was joined by a very special guest, Dr. Kieran Gillen, our intrepid new cub reporter, uh, who helped him to analyze Kid Loki in a column that was a lot of fun. And also, Kieran today, uh, and it, he wrote two separate things for Marvel.com this week, essentially. He interviewed Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, his, uh, his co-writers on Exiled, the upcoming New Mutants Journey into Mystery crossover. So you have Kieran acting as interviewer, and then next week, they're going to turn the favor. Some of the more fun articles we post in a long time. Uh, I'm really, really happy to have Kieran on the Marvel.com team. Hopefully it won't make his scripts late. Uh, if it does, we don't know anything about that. No. It's time to kick it over to Strami Strami. Give us some news on movies, TV, and video games. Hello, hello, hello again this week in Marvel listeners. Once again, I am Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Strami. I am back with you once more to give you the lowdown on all the Marvel movie and TV news for this week. So first up, in TV, we have been posting a lot of stories about Marvel Universe, which is our new programming block on Disney XD. It premieres April 1st at 11 a.m. Eastern Pacific Time with the series premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man and the second season premiere of The Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which I know many of you have been waiting for. And let me tell you, it is worth the wait. But this week, we also announced that in addition to those two series, we'll have some new short-form series that will be airing in the programming block as well. Uh, my favorite of which is Marvel Mashup, which is this really rad series where they took some of the older animation from shows such as uh, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, and they recut it and revoiced it to create something entirely new and entirely hilarious. But apart from that, we also have something called the Fury Files. And what the Fury Files are, are there these short dossiers, essentially, uh, narrated by Nick Fury, of course, from Ultimate Spider-Man, that sort of give you the history of various characters, such as Iron Fist, Power Man, White Tiger, 
different characters from the different series on Marvel Universe. We also have three more series, including Animated Reality, which is where stunt and special effects experts showcase the epic moves of favorite Marvel superheroes, including Captain America and Spider-Man. What would it take? Which is wondering what it would take to create some of the hero's gadgets, such as the, let's say, repulsor rays in Iron Man's costume, his jet propulsion, maybe some uh, web shooters. I'm not sure. I haven't seen any of this yet, but I imagine that there are plenty of gadgets between Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers or Mightiest Heroes for them to delve into. And a fifth short-form series titled Masterclass, in which our CCO, Joe Quesada, sort of goes through and explains and demonstrates the Marvel art style and the artistic vision behind some of Marvel's superheroes, as well as, I believe, he may show you how the artists bring them to life by... uh, drawing some himself. Uh, as we all know, Joe Q is an incredibly talented artist. Uh, side note, his run on Daredevil with Kevin Smith, those first eight issues of the Marvel Knights Daredevil series, the Guardian Devil arc is still one of my favorite comic stories of all time. That's neither here nor there. Also, in Marvel Universe news this week, We announced that we will have the world premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man at South by Southwest, which is, of course, the music festival going on this weekend in Austin, Texas. But Marvel will be having a panel entitled Marvel House of Ideas on Sunday, March 11th at 1 p.m. on the IGN stage at the Palmer Event Center. So if you happen to be in Austin or if you happen to be going to South by Southwest, you should check it out because you'll get to see the world premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man three weeks before it premieres on Disney XD on April 1st. And you'll get to hear some cool, some other cool news. Uh, so yeah, if you happen to be there, go there, check it out. You won't walk away disappointed. I know... Our head of television, Jeff Loeb, will be there. I believe our editor-in-chief, Axel Alonso, will be there. And the senior vice president and general manager of the Marvel Digital Media Group, Peter Phillips, is also supposed to be in attendance. So go there, see what news they all have for you. And, yeah, it should be a great time, in addition to South by Southwest just being a great time in general, it's incredible because you have awesome plus Marvel equals just, like, more awesome? Sure, we'll just go with that and move on. In other Marvel Universe news, we also kicked off our series of articles speaking with Man of Action. For those of you who don't know, Man of Action is a group of four creators, all of whom have credits in uh, extensive credits in comics and with Marvel. We've got 
Stephen T. Siegel, who did a run on Uncanny X-Men. That remains one of my personal favorites, back from issue number 350 to 365. He wrote the Trial of Gambit story, for those of you who remember, with that awesome, shiny, Joe Mad fold-out cover that's all shiny and glossy and very 90s. I love it. Joe Kelly, who... Real classic run. Deadpool wrote X-Men for several, for about a year and a half from issue number 70 to like 85 or 86, I believe. And, uh, of course, wrote The Amazing Spider-Man as one of the webheads along with, you know, Dan Slott, Mark Wade, Zeb Wells, all those guys, Mark Guggenheim, who wrote it during the Brand New Day era. And he wrote several classic stories, including an epic Hammerhead story that is also very much well worth checking out. Uh, Joe Casey is also a member of Mav Action, who, of course, wrote the recent Vengeance series. And we also have Duncan Rouleau, who... I think is largely known as an artist in comics, but is also a great writer. He's written a number of comics, and he also acts as a writer with, along with the other three members of Man of Action on Ultimate Spider-Man. We spoke with Duncan first to get his thoughts just sort of on the series, on the differences between writing for comics and writing for animation, how being an artist also helps him write for animation, it's very interesting. You should check it out. We're talking with Steven Siegel next week to get his thoughts on the same. It's just sort of a way of introducing you to some of the writers and creators behind Spidey's new animated adventure. Apart from that, and moving on from Ultimate Spider-Man to the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, we also showed off the new costumes for Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor that they'll be getting in Season 2 of the series. They each receive a new look. You can get a full peek at them on Marvel.com right now, all three of them. They all look very rad. Captain America sort of looks a little bit more like Ultimate Captain America, I guess. And... Iron Man receives an upgrade in his armor, of course, while Thor gets a redesign that's more reminiscent of Olivier Coipel's redesign that he did for Thor back when he and J. Michael Straczynski relaunched the series in 2007. And I think that more or less covers everything as far as the Marvel Universe goes. We will have some more surprises for you tomorrow. If you are listening to this the day it goes up, otherwise Friday, in which case this has this story has already gone out and you should come to Marvel.com and check it out. We'll be able to bring you some more surprises. And we've got even more stuff planned for the next three weeks with the premiere of Marvel Universe being on April 1st, just three short weeks away. We'll be bringing you new stuff daily. New looks at Ultimate Spider-Man. New looks at the Avengers' Mightiest Heroes. It's going to be a great time. I've seen some of both shows. They're great. And I think fans will really, really dig them. 
Moving on from television to film, we also announced this week that this year at C2E2, there will be a special auction of props and costumes from Captain America, the first Avenger. There are, I believe, over 220 lots up for auction, including some incredibly cool stuff like Captain America's full costume from the end of the film. You can get some of the Red Skull's costume. You can even get the prosthetics used for the Red Skull, that red prosthetic that they put over Hugo Weaving's face to make him into the Red Skull. You can get the fake Tesseract that Johann Schmidt pulls out of the Norwegian tomb. Remember at the very beginning of the movie and you think it's the Tesseract? Oh, whoop, he drops it, breaks, not really the Tesseract. You can get that. You can get, I'm pretty sure you can get like Hydra bikes at this thing, like those Hydra motorcycles. It's an incredible lot. If you go to marvel.com, we've got more info there for you. And if you click through the links, you can find the full catalog of everything that's up for auction. Apart from stuff from Captain America the First Avenger, there are a few items from Thor and Iron Man 2. With Thor, for instance, one of Thor's hammers is actually up for auction. One of the Mjolnirs that they used for the film, because they used several Mjolnirs, they needed... For instance, a heavier one in scenes where it looked like he was had to be lifting it. He needed a lighter one for scenes in which he had to, you know, actually hit someone with it. Because you don't want to be hitting someone with a large chunk of metal. When hitting someone, it's always better to hit them with styrofoam. And you can quote me on that. When hitting someone is always better to hit them with style. Actually, you know what? You probably shouldn't be hitting people with hammers, fake or not. So, just want to throw that out there. Marvel.com does not endorse any hitting of people with styrofoam hammers or real hammers. Just vi- violence is bad, kids. Don't be violent. Moving on. Iron Man 2, we've got the... This is actually really cool. We've got... They're calling it Mark II Autopsy Suit. And it's actually a full suit of Iron Man's armor. If you remember in Iron Man 2, Rhodey came in to Tony's house. He stole the Mark II. And then they took the Mark II. He took the Mark II back to the military. And they sort of dissected it. And that's how they gained the knowledge to create Rhodey's war machine suit. Well, that suit that they laid on the table is up for auction. It's a full suit of armor. I mean, well, I say full suit of armor, but I don't know if you can actually put it on or anything. I'm fairly certain you can't. I'm fairly certain it's all just like one connected piece. But it's still very cool because it's the full suit. It's one of the coolest items, I think, for auction. Oh, yes, for more details for this, of course, come to marvel.com. But I can tell you that... The auction will be held on April 14th, 2012 at 6 p.m. Central Time at C2E2. And again, go on Marvel.com, more info, including links out to the auction page itself where you can learn how to bid online if you can't make it to C2E2 or if you don't happen to live in Chicago. 
But apart from that, I think that's everything in terms of Marvel movies and TV news. With video games, of course, we've got new playable characters in Superhero Squad Online. I mentioned the Punisher last week. We will be bringing you some more vignettes in the coming weeks. I believe there will be a Ghost Rider vignette this Friday. It's amazing because the Ghost Rider, instead of riding around on a flaming motorcycle, he rides around on a flaming tricycle. It's incredible to see. Again, if you haven't checked out Superhero Squad Online, go, do it, sign up. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. That's what free means. Just do it. It's free. Go do it. Do it. Do it. So we'll be bringing you more on Superhero Squad Online in the coming weeks. That pretty much covers everything. Go play Avengers Alliance, kids. Don't become too addicted because it's, you know, bad to love something too much. But just love you enough because it's amazing. It's great. I love it. Save your energy is the one advice I will give. Be picky about the gifts you accept because you can only accept 50 a day. So just grab up all those energies that everyone sends you and all those shield points and, you know, the other stuff that you may need but maybe not. Just, you know, just be a little picky and choosy. It's great, though. That's my advice for you. And with that, I send you back to Ryan and Ben, and I say, have a great week, have a great weekend, and I will speak to you again next week, faithful listeners. With that, this is Mark Strom signing off. Ah, Stromy, just delightful. It's it's just your your voice is like a, a cure for all that ails me. Thank you so much for those revelations. Oh, Benjamin. All right. <laughs> it's time for questions again. Tweet your questions and your comments about This Week in Marvel using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. One word. You can also tweet to at agent underscore M or at Ben J. Morse, and we'll see them. But we're always going to take the questions from the, the tweets that use the hashtag because that's the easiest way for us to find them. All right. So we're going to start with... Mr. Dave McGinnis, D. McGinnis37 on Twitter. He says, Hope this isn't appropriate, but why does Nick Fury appear as a Caucasian sometimes, but as an African-American other times? Uh, Not inappropriate at all. Reasonable question if you're just getting into Marvel. Uh, Basically what happened is for years, Nick Fury was a Caucasian character and still is in the classic Marvel universe. When we introduced the Ultimate Universe, Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Miller decided that one of the things they were going to change because they could really do anything and reimagine those characters was they made Nick Fury an African-American over there. Now, in the subsequent years, it's been about a decade that we've had that character, and we've seen the character of Nick Fury go to movies, to TV, to -to direct-to-DVD animated movies, and in a lot of those cases, they've elected to use the African-American version of Nick Fury. So if you're watching... Marvel movie or something like that. Obviously, you know Samuel L. Jackson is fantastic as Nick Fury. Uh, If you read a Marvel comic and it's not Ultimate, you may still see Caucasian Nick Fury. Both are great characters. Both are totally viable, and hopefully that clears that up for you. Another one from at DMcGinnis37. Did I hear that they're not fighting to kill an AVX, or is there a real possibility of someone dying? This question is so weird to me because it's almost like, hey, is somebody going to die? Is somebody going to die? 
I don't know. I mean, there are heavy consequences possible for any character in any book at any given time. I mean, that that's part of what comics can do. It can totally surprise you. Especially in a book such as AVX, characters can can lay down their lives, can sacrifice, can just be killed. There's a million different ways. I mean, you've got characters such as Wolverine or the big thing that's coming to Earth. Like, there, there's a lot going on that potentially, yeah. But I don't think Avengers or X-Men are out going out to kill each other. Right. These are teams that have worked together for so long, and there are reasons why they are fighting, and that's part of the story. Um, it's not like, hey, look, it's Beast. I'm going to stab him in the neck. And either an X-Man or Avenger could say that, because he's on both teams. I Maybe they both will. Nice job. You want to add to that, Ben? Oh, no, I think you said it all. Great. <laughs> Question from Demon Guinness 37 Why does the Ghost Rider kill bad... Why are you on a killing yeah. kick this week, I David? I don't know what it is. <sighs> it says, why does the Ghost Rider kill bad guys? Isn't he the devil's servant? Wouldn't the devil want bad guys on Earth? Well, David, it's a little more complex than that. Uh I would recommend to you reading Jason Aaron's run on Ghost Rider in particular. Uh, Ghost Rider's Heaven's on Fire, which I know is on the Marvel Comics app. The Ghost Rider is not just the devil's servant. Uh, there's a lot more to him. There's a lot of people pulling his strings, and the Spirit of Vengeance definitely serves a greater purpose. So why the Spirit of Vengeance does what he does is, uh, is, is not strictly killing bad guys or leaving bad guys on Earth. There's a lot more to it than that, a lot more than we can really even get into here. But the host and the demon both have different ideas of what they want to do. Obviously, Johnny Blaze does not necessarily want to do what uh, the Spirit of Vengeance wants to do or what the devil wants him to do. So there's a lot of, a lot of voices competing in Ghost Rider's skull. And yeah. That makes it a, dif- a, difficult, a difficult question to answer. Yes. All right, so we have two from Ungaji, who is the writer of our Psych Ward mm-hmm. series. First one says, hey, this week in Marvel, if Cable forevermore could only appear in one Marvel title, and it was called The Very Cajun Gambit, would you buy it? And then his follow-up says, obviously that was specific for Agent M. For Ben, same idea, but it's Nova in the Inhumans' own crystal. What do you do? All right, what Ungaji is saying is, hey, if you could only read a comic where Cable was uh, was yeah. starring in a Gambit comic. Basically, if your favorite character was appearing in a book starring your least favorite character, would you read it, is, is the simple version of that question. Yeah, and the answer is yes. He actually asked, would you buy it? And I would All say, right. well, I don't have to buy yeah. Marvel Comics, <laughs> so too bad. I'm going to get it no matter what. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to make fun of Gambit, because that's what I like to do. <sighs> I would read it. Uh, maybe buy it, definitely, because I love Nova, and with Crystal, who is not one of my favorite characters, I have I have edited a Crystal book. I have literally edited, you know, two comics, digital comics in my life, um, and one of them happened to be starring, of all characters, Crystal, which is a ridiculous story in of itself, but my thought is if I can, if I can guide Jay Fairber to writing a, what I like to think was a decent Crystal story, certainly I can read a Crystal series with Nova in it. Yeah. Yeah. And now if it was Crystal and Gambit, I would I would have uh, to burn it. That'd be tough. Not that'd in a tough. good way. Uh, the underscore Chris Murphy tweets, Loving the podcast, guys, needs more Dark Claw. Ooh. That is the first call out for Dark Claw we've had in our tenure yep. running this week in Marvel. And certainly maybe the last. Yeah. If you don't know, Dark Claw is an amalgam character created when uh, Marvel and DC had their big crossover stuff in the 90s. It was a mix of Wolverine and Batman, and it was, it was pretty cool stuff. Yeah, very fun. Yeah. Love Amalgam. 
And that is that. Hmm. We have a couple from Simon Sebs on Twitter. It says, what characters have their own Twitter pages? So the, the answer to that one is actually go to twitter.com slash Marvel and check out the list that I created for characters on Twitter. You'll see that on that list you have a bunch of the kids from the Jean Grey school. You'll have real Deadpool. You'll have a bunch more. There, there's a couple. We don't do a lot of characters on Twitter. It has to be very specific and make sense, but they're there. And uh, I won't run down the full list for you. Check them out on Twitter. And then the second one was, what role, if any, will Black Panther play in AVX? Well, having read the first few AVX scripts, I can tell you, yes, Black Panther definitely has a role in AVX, and more than that, he has multiple roles to play. He has a, he has a few cool moments just in the first few issues, and is is assigned multiple tasks, so you'll definitely be getting some T'Challa in the pages of AVX. He makes pizza. That's his role. That's one. I said he had several. Yep. Yeah. At Bibliotech tweets, just finished the latest this week in Marvel. You guys are making the wait for the newest Children's Crusade torture. Well, Bibliotech, I hope you have read the issue by now, yep. and you love it as much as we did. Your wait should be over, sir. Yes. Or, or ma'am. At Swagpool tweets, how do I get a tour of Marvel HQ? The answer is you do not. I'm sorry. Public tours are not a thing we do. When I do give tours, it's to musicians, athletes, celebrities, basically folks who are who we are doing something with on Marvel.com. Whether it's an interview, a little promo, something like that. And then they'll do something about Marvel. It's it's just a great way to spread Marvel around and show that everybody's a Marvel fan. I mean, it's it's you know, I talk to wrestlers or we talk to people playing in bands and you know, everybody knows the characters, has this love, and uh, it's a great way to show Marvel to their fans and their fans to Marvel. So the short answer is become famous. Yeah, we, we will give work you a tour. on that. Yeah, work on that. Once you get that done, we'll give you a tour of the, uh, the HQ. Sounds good. At Mike Billiter tweets, really enjoyed this week's This Week in Marvel, particularly Jim Viscardi's guest appearance. Good, fun, funny insight from all you guys. Thanks, Mike. Yep. Mike Billiter's a good guy. We like him. Even long, if we, Long-time friend. Yeah, even if we disagree with your evaluation of Jim Viscardi. Viscardi was okay. Yeah. He was okay. We've had worse. We certainly have not. I'm running it down. I don't think there's anyone worse than Jim Viscardi, which no. isn't a knock on Jim Viscardi. No, know? we've only had three guests. We've only had three guests. <laughs> All right. At Really Leonardo tweets, my friend and I want to know, is Doctor Strange the most powerful Marvel hero? And if not, who is? No, Really Leonardo has a bunch of tweets this week. It's always him and his friend wanting to know something. So I, I don't know who his friend is. Hey, man. It's, it's very it's very interesting. It's but, weird, but yeah. it's it's yeah. cool. I like friends sharing tweeters. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I, it's just he's, he's got this friend, and they want to know stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I don't think Doctor Strange is the most powerful Marvel hero at the moment. I mean, it's a complicated question because power levels and circumstances are constantly changing in the Marvel Universe. One day Silver Surfer might be. One day Thor might be. Hulk is very strong, but he's not necessarily powerful. Something like the Phoenix. It's a tremendous cosmic force, but completely out of control. So it's a very subjective question. Yeah, and if but you, I don't think it's Doctor Strange. Yeah, you, or you give someone like an Infinity Gem, yeah. and you know that. Or Infinity Gauntlet. Dun dun dun. All right. At Levi P. Tompkins tweets: Is the new Ultimate Spidey cartoon Nova's first animated appearance? The answer, Levi P. Tompkins, is both yes and no. Allow me to expound. In the '90s, on the Silver Surfer animated series, there was a cameo background appearance by a unnamed and unspeaking Nova just showed up and was like cheering in the background or something. Maybe that was you. It might have been. It was animated, so it wasn't. Uh, of, a big, of a big group scene. 
And the only reason that was even noteworthy is because when they made the Silver Surfer animated toy line, they made a Nova figure, which I was then able to get. Then, but we don't know who that Nova was. Uh, it could have been just a random alien Nova. On Superhero Squad Season 2, Rich Rider, the Nova we're most familiar with, showed up. So that was his first appearance. But the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon coming up, we are going to have yet another Nova, Sam Alexander, a new Nova. So it is his first animated appearance. It's not the Nova Concepts first animated appearance. So, like I said, both yes and no. Excellent. At Alex Gimmel tweets, why has S.H.I.E.L.D. changed the acronym for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, the thing is, S.H.I.E.L.D. has sort of changed, it's, it's in the comics itself, it's changed. It's never, it's not always been the same. So it's not just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just, you know, it's what the, the creators, Kevin Feige and, and the Marvel Studios crew probably wanted to use and made yep. the most sense for their universe, for those stories, for what they were going for. Another one from Swagpool. What order is the right order to watch the Marvel movies, which happened first in timeline and so on? Sorry, I read that a little weird because there's no punctuation. There's yep. no... It's just like one random thought. Twitter, man. This generation. It's rough. Use punctuation and grammar yeah. and spelling, please. Capitalization. But nonetheless, we, we love getting the questions. So Swagpool, the answer... I'm going to have to cheat on this one because I want you to read the Fury's Big Week digital comic or print comic. It's... Uh, the Marvel's The Avengers Prelude. It ties into The Avengers. It sets you up for the movie, but it also is the thread that ties all the other movies together. It shows you where Nick Fury was during the events of each movie and how he is involved with all those different pieces and how the, all those movies are sort of tied together. And it will help you get a better sense of the order. You should watch them in if you want to do it that way. There's no real simple order for them anyway because there's a lot of overlapping and different parts happening here and there. But read the Prelude comic because that's your best bet in, in getting a, a really firm understanding if that's what you want. But if you don't read it, doesn't mean you're out of the loop. You don't need to see the movies, the, the previous movies, nor do you need to read the comic to get a full experience for marvel's the avengers all right two from caitlin and craig on twitter thanks for plugging the fb avengers games it is fantastic we are trying to compose our new avengers team on it that's a cool concept yeah. uh you know an avengers alliance actually forming teams and yeah. doing stuff like that i have currently unlocked everyone so i just <laughs> play around with it i've got a lot of x-men got the fantastic four are got... all the fantastic four in it Read yeah. it. I'm reads in it. it i haven't all used right. them yet because i just unlocked them today interesting yeah Another one from them. Growing up, I was deeply fond of the X-Men, but now I have an affinity for Avengers. How are we supposed to pick sides for AVX? You know, I feel where you're coming from, Craig and Caitlin. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a huge X-Men fan. When I got back in a comic store in college, I really fell in love with Kurt Busiek's Avengers. So I've been on both sides. And my answer would be, you've really got to figure that out for yourself. But maybe one thing to do is, you don't necessarily need a side going into AVX. Um, read the first issue, read the first couple issues, and you're going to find out they both have reasons for doing what they're doing, and they're both, in my mind, very valid reasons, so hopefully that will help you maybe pick a side, or it just might reinforce that you like both sides, Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, but they, yeah, there's a lot of reasoning behind everything, so yeah. you'll, you, I think you'll find your way. Oh, more from Swagpool. <laughs> Do you think there will ever be a real Iron Man suit like in our lifetime? The answer, I think, is no. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a real Iron Man suit in our lifetime just because I don't think that is a priority for anybody right now. Well, uh, some crazy <laughs> governmental organization with 
money and people there's, there's, and labs. There's, there's a lot of scientists. stuff going on in the world right now, man. I don't, I don't know if we have the budget or the the insight for a for an Iron Man suit, but you know, Swagpool, make your millions and figure it out. Do it up. Yeah. What you got to do, Swagpool? You first have to make an Iron Man suit. Yep. Then I will give you a, a tour, tour of, of the model. office. Yeah. Done. That's two two birds, one stone. All right. Swagpool also tweets, I changed my Twitter name. That's why you don't remember me from the early days. Ah, yes. And you don't the say... Ha- the halcyon early days of three months ago. <laughs> you don't even say what your Twitter name was before. <sighs> okay. At Really Leonardo says, who do you think will win? Hulk or Captain America? Me and my friend need to See, know. His friend needs to know. That's good. It's that. Um, that's what. That's what I love about comics. comics. It's like what we be. always did. Is I'll go home and I'll tell my wife. I'll be like, blah 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 blah. This happened. She's like, why would that happen? Blah 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 blah. Well, you know, we get into those conversations. I hope Leonardo's friend is uh, Raphael, or Michelangelo, or Donatello, or a Rat. <laughs> Actually, his Twitter icon is Leonardo. Ah, see, from the Ninja Turtles, and it says really Leonardo. Yeah, so it's got to be him. It's got to be him. Who would win, Hulk or Captain America? Yeah, it depends on circumstances. Uh, if Cap has prep time, resources, allies, so I guess it's not really Hulk, Captain America anymore. I'm gonna go with Hulk. Yeah. I think Hulk wins this one. Probably, but there there are more factors to it. At PCE underscore Dead Meat tweets, "Hey, my wife is a phenomenal artist. How can I get her into comics? She's a stay-at-home mom." Hashtag income, please. So I, when I first see this question, I'm like, "Oh, how did you get her into comics? She's right. a stay-at-home mom." Get her some cool digital comics or get her subscription to Digital Comics Unlimited while she's doing stuff. She can hang out and read some comics if she has time. I know being a mom is not an easy gig. But then I read the rest of it's, oh, you want her to work in comics. Mm-hmm. That's really tough. I don't know if it's tougher than being a mom, but it's it's definitely a difficult industry to break into. The best that I can do is suggest you Google C.B. Sobolski tips, tweets, we took a bunch of CB's twe- uh, tweets about breaking in, organized it by advice for writers, advice for artists, advice about you know doing a portfolio review, different things, and we posted it up on Marvel.com. That's probably the best resource for advice. I see CB once in a while, you know, sharing that on Twitter. There's no one way to break in, and there's nothing we can do to help her break in. Ms. Marvel Girl tweets. Again, because of this week in Marvel, I picked up three extra great books. New Avengers was definitely her twin of the week, mm-hmm. and she wants to marry Victoria Hand. Mm. I wouldn't marry Victoria Hand. She seems a little underhanded. Well, oh. She's number one. She's not. She's not your type. She's into the ladies. So Victoria, Victoria Hand probably would not be into you. Victoria, I didn't know yeah. she was. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't establish her on. But I guess I, I didn't pick that up. But I think yeah, she's 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 a little squirmy. She she's doing she's running a lot of different games at once. I think I think our Miss Marvel girl can do better. Yes, yes she can. Yeah. Next one from Mr. Levi P. Tompkins tweets: When referring to me on the show, after you say my full Twitter name once in sub subsequent mentions, can you just use Levi? No. No. Nope. Next one from Levi P. Tompkins says, I don't know if they work in the same place, but if Strami could get Seabake 76 on his section, that would be amazeballs. They do work in the same place. They work very near to each other at the L.A. office for Marvel Studios. If you don't know who at Seabake 76 is, he is Chris Baker, our manager of licensed games. And he works on Spider-Man games and Marvel vs. Capcom and some secret stuff I can't talk about. And it's really fun. Do love Chris. He talks a lot, though, yeah. and Strami's sections tend to run long because he rambles a lot. Ugh. We love him. Beautiful ramblings. Beautiful ramblings. Yes. You know what? I will be at WonderCon 
next week. And if Chris is there, maybe I'll do something with Chris where we'll get him on a podcast or something like that. Yeah, I think you're while you're out there, you're going to experiment with some different kinds of mini podcasts, try yep. some stuff like that. So guys tune into that let us know what you think and we'll we'll keep experimenting that that's a way to get some other guests on the show yes at at levi p tompkins also tweets you should have jen grunwald and trades janitor on the show if they are in the same building they are in the same building and i've been thinking about having jen on the show for a while and uh yeah totally yeah we will they're both, they're both high on the list of potential guests yep it's a lot easier to have guests on weeks we don't have kind of a packed deal with comics because we don't want to make the show too long but, you know, every once in a while we get kind of a light week, and that's like, like last week. It's a great week to have a guest on. So yep. more to come. Keep, keep the suggestions coming. Another one from Mr. Levi P. Tompkins. I love Avengers Alliance, but don't have a lot of FB friends who play. What's a good way to meet some comrades? I think you spoke about that earlier. Did I speak about it earlier yeah. or on one of our other recordings? I know. I know we're recording this so many times. No, on, the, on this one, you, you talked yeah. about how uh, the idea of using the uh, Twim Alliance. Twim Alliance. Hashtag. Just rewind the show. Go back. Yeah. You can get the instructions. Sure. Yeah. Twim Alliance hashtag. I'll start that later today, I guess. RCS underscore T tweets, Ben J. Morse is a Marvel comic book encyclopedia. Is there anything you don't know about Marvel comics? Hashtag amazed. Thank you very much, Robert. I, I appreciate that compliment. It's it's funny because my wife gives me a hard time a lot because I'm not a good detail-oriented memory person when it comes to like uh, stuff people tell me throughout the day. Like, I'll come home and I'll be like, oh, man, Ryan told me this. Or, like, one of our other friends told me this. And I'll have something to do, you know, with their, their personal lives or their jobs. So I'll ask, oh, what was it? And I'll be like, no idea. But when it comes to comics and wrestling, I can remember everything going back to decades ago. I'm, I'm blessed enough to have a job that that actually pays off. Um, and there are certainly things I don't know, but I know enough to get by I appreciate your amazement. You have your priorities straight, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to know where someone went to college as long as I know, you know, who held the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 2. Who did? Uh, that would be Randy Savage, Macho Man. Nice. All right, another one from RCS underscore T is, Hey, this week in Marvel, finally got to see Avengers trailer 2. Your Twimamaniacs deserve a movie-focused episode. And I think what I'll probably do is what we were talking about going to WonderCon. I'll talk to some folks who are there. We can do some mini This Week in Marvel episodes and get some uh, specific Avengers movie stuff in there. From at Captain Malcolm, guess who got 10 twin points this week? This guy. Well, he tweeted this guy, which yeah. meaning that guy. That guy. Anyway, thanks, fellas, gents, and scholars. This is where the memory thing comes in, because I have no idea what we gave this gentleman. I remember. And twin points for last year. Please. Because he got he my Doctor Who reference. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Do so far, I don't think we've given out any twin points this week. No, no twin points. This is no twin demerits. Well, that's either. good. Breaking even. You know what? Uh, Carrie, intern Carrie, screwed up the order of some of these questions, so maybe she's on a constant twin demerit Yeah, she's... Slide. She's like negative yeah. 100. Yeah. At Laser Mata. Patrick Monster tweets yeah. <laughs> Are we going to find out what happened to Kane Marco and After Fear itself, or did it already happen and I just missed it? You didn't miss anything, Patrick. Uh, well, when last we saw Kane Marco, he lost the power of the Juggernaut and Uncanny X Men, and then shortly after, in Fear itself, lost the power of the Worthy. So he's out there somewhere. There's a few members of the Worthy unaccounted for. Uh, Kane Marco is out there somewhere. We don't know his power status. We don't know where he is, but it's definitely an interesting story thread that a lot of people could pick up on. You could see it in Thunderbolts. You could see it in X-Men. So keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure Kane Marco will be turning up sooner or later. 
Okay. I've got a bunch from Sensai Kori Kun on Twitter. Right. This is the reversed order. Right. Just referring Oof, to. Carry. One says, I defended Affleck as Daredevil for years right. to ridicule, right. and I love Cage's Ghost Rider. Don't judge me, man. And then a follow up one, and Hasselhoff is Fury over Jackson any day. And in parentheses, no, not, no, really. not really. So, one, you're wrong about Daredevil. Two, you are very much right about Nick Cage. Three, I agree with you in your joke about mm. Hasselhoff because Jackson is far superior. Yes, Jackson is far superior, but I think just as we have two Nick Furies, there's room somewhere in the wider pop culture landscape for Hasselhoff in his role. I think he's great on Marvel superheroes. What the? That might be his finest hour. <laughs> when did? When was the last time you watched that Nick Fury movie? Oh, with I've Hasselhoff? never watched it. Oh, you need to. to watch it. It's got the. I'm pretty sure it has the Strucker Von Strucker kids, the Fenris. Fenris. I know it has Lisa Rinna as uh, Contessa. You have no idea who that is, but it means a lot to me. Um, <laughs> was she on Saved by the Bell? Yeah, she was on Saved by the Bell. No, she was on Melrose Place. <laughs> Same thing. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I more appreciate Hasselhoff as uh, the Nick Fury LMD on Marvel yes. Superheroes. Well, that's his finest role. And someone asked me over the weekend, um, they said they're, they're thought a lot of the criticism of the Daredevil movie came from the fact that people saw Ben Affleck playing Ben Affleck as opposed to Matt Murdock. And my response is, there is no line between the two because Ben Affleck is Matt Murdock. So there's really there's no distinction. Oh, we got to stop talking about this yep. damn Daredevil movie. Oh, these guys keep bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more from en- Sensai Cory Kuhn. I notice an improvement in the use of ums in your dialogue. My inner OCD drama teacher approves, gentlemen. Oh, that means a lot because I never got much uh, approval from my high school drama teacher. So I really appreciate that. We still say um sometimes. We have gotten better with it, but a lot of the lion's share of the credit goes to the wonderful job Ryan does editing the show this week. He's gotten better and better every week so that's where a lot of the ums go onto the chopping room floor where they belong and i just finalized a new hire replaced that uh monster harry go turncoat and our new associate producer will be taking over the reins of mm. editing the podcast so hopefully he will edit out all our ums and ums and big shoes to fill yes big shoes yes Last one, I think, from Sensei Cory Kuhn. I'm a trade paperback collector exclusively. Consider promoting a trade paperback twim of the week so I hear your enthusiastic rev- review to counter Amazons. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think maybe we'll start doing that next week. We'll, uh, we'll single out one of the new trades coming out as our uh, twim of the week. Good yep. idea, Corey Dacey. All right. couple from at Really Leonardo. Yep. Will the new Spider-Man meet Venom, and what do you think will happen? By new Spider-Man, I, I assume he means Miles Morales. Uh, I can't think of another new Spider-Man. The movie Spider-Man? The movie Spider-Man. I uh, can't really speak to the movie Spider-Man. can say that in the most recent Ultimate Comics Spider-Man letters page, uh, the editors answering the question did heavily allude to the fact that Venom may be showing up sooner rather than later. So that's not a promise, not a guarantee, but you could perhaps look forward to some Venom in your Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Cool. Another one from Matt Riley Leonardo. Daredevil did a crossover with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is there or will there be another crossover with TMNT? The answer is no, never, no, probably, maybe, you never know. Yeah. I don't think so. It's a toss-up. Yeah. It's a toss-up. I don't remember there ever being a crossover to begin with. I feel like there might have been like a cameo joke, a joke or, cameo yeah. where you don't actually see them. But yeah. I mean, the Ninja okay. Turtles were a parody of comics at the time, including right. Daredevil. So, I mean, there, there's fun to be had there, but I don't... 
I wouldn't say hold your breath because that would be difficult yeah, for it's you. Bad for your health. Yes. At the ninja 1991 yeah. tweeted, "I'm sorry, but I sent the same question two time. I am also really Leonardo, and it was my first time tweet you guys. This is just a mystery in a riddle at the ninja 1991, really Leonardo, and don't forget his friend." Is oh, yeah. somewhere in the mix? What does his <laughs> friend want to know? I am I am so confused. Here's my request at the Ninja 1991. Use only one Twitter name when yeah. you're tweeting questions to us. It helps us keep track of everything. Yeah. And both your Twitter names are pretty cool. So yeah. either one's a winner. I prefer the Ninja 1991. Yeah, I do too. Dave McGinnis tweets, So many questions and comments on This Week in Marvel number 18. Thanks for taking the time to answer the fans. You're very welcome. And we, we love that you guys are tweeting us so much. Yeah. Makes it a, a little bit longer show, but these are what you guys want. So These are the answers that need to get out there. Yes. And we will provide them. At Solitaire Rose tweets, Just started listening. Great show. Any chance of a Starlin 70s warlock trade? I would love to see that. Uh, that's one of my blind spots as far as Marvel reading that I'd really like to get done is the, the 1970s Adam Warlock stuff. I've always heard great things. I'm really interested in the character. I think some of it might be out there in like masterworks or hardcovers, but I would love to see some sort of softcover collection. I don't think there's any immediate plans, especially because the, the character's kind of uh, taking a rest right now. But in the future, who knows? And if, if that happens, I'd be right there lined up to get it. Yes. And thank you for joining us, Solitaire Rose. I'm, hope, I'm glad you're enjoying the show. More from Dave McGinnis37. Glad to hear that Ultimate Spider-Man is a nice successor to the 90s Spider-Man. And then another one tweeting to me, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon was bad? Gasp! Well, I don't have a particular fondness for the 90s Spider-Man. I mean, a little bit, but not enough to get past the fact that it wasn't very good by my standards as far as what I really what about, enjoy from a cartoon. What about the theme song? Though? What theme song? Yeah, the theme song is just like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It's like a metal remix of the 60s one. You should give it a listen. Yeah, it's, it's right up your alley. It's no X Men theme song. Oh, it's no I, you know X-Men what? I don't. Song. You know what? Don't even, I don't care. Don't even. Don't care. Yeah. From at Brad the YM. Thanks for looking for an answer for Avengers cartoon. That's it's a lot of fours. Yeah. Number four. It is time. still on Teletoon in Canada. Are we getting Ultimate Spidey? I would assume you guys are going to get Ultimate Spider Man. I don't. We still haven't gotten confirmation or information about where, when, etc. For the new cartoons, although they will start. April 1st here in the States on Disney XD. At Swagpool said, I started to really cry after watching the new Avengers trailer. Epic. Waited my whole life for this. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Um, it was it's terrific. Yeah. The movie's going to be crazy. Also, if you want to see it on the big screen, head to your local cinema starting March 9th. See it in front of John Carter. Yeah. Uh, I saw John Carter last week. Genuinely really enjoyed it it was a super fun movie uh if i didn't like it i just wouldn't talk about it but it was it was a lot of fun it was really funny the action was great it's not perfect far from it but i i I definitely left enjoying it thoroughly uh unfortunately we didn't get the avengers trailer before because it was a, a an early screening but still i think uh if you guys are looking for a fun movie to go see this weekend you can't go wrong with john carter at the underscore Chris Murphy tweeted, Deadpool versus Howard the Duck in a one-liner contest. Who wins? I think Deadpool outlasts him. I think Howard the Duck is more clever. He can come up with better one-liners, but Deadpool will no-sell them and just keep talking. <laughs> and I think he has a weird ability to hang in there where he's Howard the Duck has no tolerance or attention span, so he's just going to get out of there. So it's a win by attrition. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Another one from at the underscore Chris Murphy. If you guys could combine a wrestling event with comic book characters, what would it be? 30 Battle Royal Multi-Man Fight? Not that one. No. I have a very clear answer. Go. Very clear answer. Go. War Games, AVX, Avengers vs. X-Men. Take your five best Avengers, your five best X-Men, put them in the double cage, submission or surrender, only way to win. This should be AVX issue number 13, and then issue number 14 is whoever wins fighting the horseman. You mean the Four Horsemen of Apocalypse? Yes. No, not the not the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. The Four Horsemen: Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Telly Blanchard, Barry Windham. I love it. Yeah. Now, I know we have a lot of listeners who who like wrestling, and we, we get that. But do I don't know if any of them know what the War Games are. When was the last Ooh. time they did a War Games? They haven't. I mean, War Games was like an NWA, WCW thing. Yeah, like, I I loved yeah. it when I was a kid. It was like the most crazy thing yeah. in the world. War Games was. The short version was you'd have two rings next to each other. They'd be in a double cage, so the, the huge multi-size cage. You'd have teams of five, but you said one guy in at a time. So whoever had the advantage, and it was always the bad guys, um, they always won the quote-unquote coin toss. <laughs> so they always it was always like a two-on-one and then a three-on-two. Basically, you just fight inside this thing, and then once all ten guys, or sometimes it was eight guys, once everyone's in there, only then can you win the match. The only way to win the match is by, as they said, submission or surrender. So you have to make someone on the other team quit. Uh, it was always a great, great match. Yeah. And they, they sort of adapted it and, like, things yeah. about it. Like, Elimination Chamber has that sort of, you yeah. know, coming in bit. And they've got Hell in the Cell and all there this are stuff. Different, there are different, like, legacies. They need it. to bring it back. Yeah. We need to get in touch with Joe Villa. and uh, Yeah, Greg Tello. Greg Tello has no power. We need to get in touch with Joe Villa. Yeah. These are our friends over at WWE. All right. Anyway, we're, we're off track. Yes, very. All right. At RCS underscore T tweeted, don't name titles. Curious if you guys ever read comics that you just do not like. And, yeah, of course we read yeah. stuff we don't like. I mean, that's just, that's personal preference. It's, <laughs> yep. You know, not necessarily uh, something against the product, whether it's Marvel or somewhere else, because there's always going to be stuff we don't like, no matter what. It's just who we are. At Ballas87 tweets, A rival company does story podcasts based on their main characters. Will Marvel ever consider doing this? <laughs> and then he tweets, Hell Hydra! With like five exclamation points. Well, Billy... Well, this is really? a yeah. <laughs> it's an expensive endeavor to be sure because you don't want to have a podcast with every voice done by one person. Right. That would be ludicrous to yeah. even endeavor to do something like that in yeah. a story-based format. Who would want to listen to that? Yeah. But to do it properly, you need a bunch of voices, you need good writing. I mean, it's the potential is there, but for us right now, I don't know that we have any plans for that. Um, you know, I like everything, we never say never. It's just not something I have on the docket right now. Ms. Marvel Girl tweets, Jazzed for new this week in Marvel. I had to start putting off my Thursday comic store trip in case I get convinced to pick up additional comics. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. We re honestly really genuinely appreciate that. Yeah. I hate to, you know, make you change your life in the way you, you do what you do and keep your books away from you for an extra day, but I'm glad that we're opening your eyes and other readers' eyes to new books that we just genuinely love and also going to the stores on, on thursday there's less of a crowd yes so that's a plus that's a bonus less of a crowd you also run the risk of missing your Sucks, comics right. so it's a what, calculated risk yes more and more make sure you are pre-ordering your comics yeah. you you have a pull list whatever it is and yeah you you can go in and pick up stuff that you may hear about on the podcast that you weren't sure also of. you can read them digitally yeah, buy them digitally if, yep. if you're not sure but we like to support our local retailers yep. go eat, go go do both yes 
Who are these people? Richie Rich? Just do both. Just buy multiple okay. copies and digitals. All right. Uh, at Jim Viscardi tweeted, "You need to have me back on this week in Marvel so I can sound less like a tool." I had a blast. I wish I could have stayed. You had your shot, Jim Viscardi. There's a there's a long list of people waiting to get on. Look, we loved having Jim on. I don't think he sounded like a tool much more than usual, <laughs> but we 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 got a long list of people here at the Marvel office. So we got to get on here. So we'll we'll get back around to you eventually, Jim. Be patient. At really Leonardo tweets, is the Black Panthers hometown still undefeated? That is referring, of course, to the Black Panthers home country of Wakanda, which is famous for never having lost a war ever. They've always defended their borders. And I guess what would call this into question is in Doom War, a couple years ago, uh, Dr. Doom basically came in and invaded. But by the end of the limited series, he was driven out again. So does that count as a clean loss is the undefeated is the streak broken i don't think so because doom won a battle they didn't win the war so i'm going to say wakanda is still undefeated and awaiting the next uh, eager challenger very cool at skull x80 tweeted i just started reading scarlet spider and i really loved it really love the part i'm not spider-man in number two we all did yeah that's i mean that's that's a part of what scarlet spider is all about it's you got this character who could be spider-man but is choosing not to be Nature versus Nurture. It's a great book by Chris Yost, Ryan Stegman, and that whole team. They're doing a fantastic job. And I saw a cool tidbit on our elevator, of all places, in a <laughs> little informational screen up there, and it said that Houston is the most diverse city oh, wow. in the country now, surpassing even Manhattan. <laughs> At Dirty Lash tweets uh, to me, thanks for my This Week in Marvel theme song. That was twimcentive enough. Just got to find out how to make a ringtone. Did we make up the word twimcentive, or is that new? I don't know. Maybe we've, that's... we've probably used it before. That's yeah. that seems no, like something I, I we'd come up with. Let's let's give that to the fans. Uh, Dirty Lash, to? probably. Okay. Yeah. Ten twin points. Yeah. No, ten twin points. There you go, Dirty Lash, and uh, congratulations on your theme song. I don't remember it. Like I said, bad memory. But I, I hope you can make it into your ringtone. Yep. That's gonna be really the proud moment for you and your family. <laughs> Another one from Mark Smith, aka at Dirty Lash. Have you ever done any cosplay before? What character would you most like to see someone dress up as? I have never done cosplay unless no, you count Halloween yeah, not as the cosplay. traditional sense. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've both done Halloween costumes. I was Nick Fury. It was yeah, good. You were great, Nick Fury. I was I was Tony Stark. We yeah. don't do the actual heroes. We do the secret. Well, I mean, you you did a guy without a costume. He had his, yeah, I his, put a, his I had, look. I have several eye great. patches. Put on an great. eye patch. Jack, you yeah. know, this little suit, got a cigar. I did up the, I drew in the, the fake beard. I bought a <laughs> Iron Man chest thingy and I put it. Under my shirt, so that was a lot of fun. Then just got a nice suit. Yeah. And dyed my hair black, so that was commitment. Boom. But no, we don't do cosplay. No. Character would like to see someone dress up as? I would like Cable. Yeah. Like a really hardcore, awesome, big shoulder padded, giant guns, glowing eye cable. I want to see someone do Adam Warlock Ooh. and pull off a really good Infinity Gauntlet. Oh. They'd be clutching. Oh. That would be great. Years ago, we were working with a licensee who was going to make oh, yeah. a giant, like, bigger than regular-sized Infinity Gauntlet, but the plans fell through because it just wasn't coming. It wasn't yeah. up to a level of quality that was was, was what we wanted. Oh, so crushing. I know. Heartbreaking. So I wanted Infinity Gauntlet so bad. I know. At Dirty Lash tweets, what process does it take to make a comic digital? What work goes into converting it? Well, it's a good question because it's not something we really have talked about too much, but it's a it's a big process. Uh, we have a team here who 
kind of go through it with a, a flow. There's a storytelling aspect to it, where your eyes would go, where you would normally read, and that's how the, you know, the whatever the, the reading aspect of it comes in. There's a lot to it. It's not just straight scan and post up. It's not PDFs. It's 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 a pretty involved process, and Tim Smith and his team do just a phenomenal job on it. At Dirty Last Tweets, what story arcs would you like added to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited that aren't already up? Well, there's really the list begins and ends with, of course, Executioner's Song, which, after doing some research earlier this week, we discovered that this fall is the 20th anniversary of Executioner's Song. So you better believe we have some huge plans. Hopefully up to and beyond getting it on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Yeah. It's really the best thing ever. Yeah. All right. Another one from Dirty Lash. If you had to come up with an adjective for the adjectiveless X-Men, what would it be? Go. I have two thoughts. Uh, first of all, you can never go wrong with friendly neighborhood X-Men. Yeah, that's good. Um, but I would actually probably like to see them just actually put adjectiveless in the title. Just put it above X-Men. So it would, it would be a lie... Because it would have an adjective, but I would like to see it as finely as it was always meant to be, adjectiveless X-Men. I would go with hungry and vociferous. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. X-Men are that. Yep. At Alex underscore M. Morales tweets, loved your comment about sharing comics. Give a code to a friend if you buy a physical copy or vice versa. And yeah, we just, we want to stress that it's really, if you have the means to share your comics, if you're getting one of our mini books that has a free digital download with the print comic, you, ha you essentially have two copies of the book. You can keep one and you can give one to someone else. You don't have to, but it's really nice because then you can get someone else interested in comics and, and then you know maybe then they'll start buying books and they can do the same with you. It's, it's just we, we want more people reading comics however it happens. Ms. Marvel Girl tweets, I love behind-the-scenes guests. It's really interesting. Can you have some of the graphics people on in the future? Uh, definitely will. I was thinking about having Rich Ginter or Jeff Sutter on. They are our junior art director and senior art director, respectively. Great dudes. They've both, I mean, Jeff has worked here 15-odd years. Yeah, Jeff Sutter is also the, the godfather of Marvel podcasts. Oh, he sure is? So he'd probably turn the tables on us. Yeah. Yeah. Far more podcasts very, than we've done. Very risky. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll definitely have them on in the future again. It's a matter of time and timing. We just have to make sure we have the ability to do it without making the podcast super long and also that their schedules will allow it. All right, coming to the end, rounding the corner. I think we're on our last question. It's from at Thad DS, spelled really strangely. Thaddeus Club tweets, I've had the 90s X-Men tune stuck in my head all morning because of listening to This Week in Marvel. Thanks, Agent M. You are very welcome, Thaddeus. Yeah, that's always a pleasure. You know, we should we should take this, wrap this podcast up on that yeah. a little. All right, so that wraps up another great episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you to our awesome interns, Nancy and Carrie. Thank you, Mark Strom, over on the West Coast. Thank you, Benjamin, for sitting across oh, the table from me. Can't believe we did it. We did this it. This is an epic episode. Seriously. Thank you to everyone who tweeted. Listen, make sure if you have more comments and questions about the show, use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can also tweet to at Ben J. Morse or at Agent underscore M or at Stromy. We're all there. We're all on Twitter. We're having a good time. See you on the funny pages. This is Marvel, your universe.